Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, final half hour here with Brendan and Cam this summer. It's uh, it's going to be you and me and Cam for the next, uh, we'll call it a half hour, a little bit less, but we got some yeah. people waiting on the phone line already looking to share what your fears are heading into this season. I, we talk so much positive, especially when I'm hosting. We talk a lot of positivity and what could be in the ceiling of things, but there's going to be adversity faced along the way, and I wonder what you're most concerned about. Are you a nurse hater can i title you that are you texting us 780-496-0063 is the number uh let's get to the phone line though i've got a couple callers waiting here and we've had uh brian online for line one for a while here brian thanks for holding what's uh, what's on your mind hey how's it going today hey we're doing well thanks for calling in hey uh so i'm gonna make a bold prediction okay i love it patrick division is gonna be the, the the division to beat this year and I don't think anybody's going to run away with first place in uh, the Patrick Division. But uh, the, the position is going to be Edmonton, Vegas, Seattle, Los Angeles, Calgary, and the, then the other three we don't we don't won't even mention. Yeah. Okay. But Edmonton, think, Vegas, Seattle, Los Angeles, Calgary. You're saying. Yeah, and okay. and, I'm, and I'm going to say that between first and fifth place, I I'm thinking there's going to be a point difference of no more than 15 points. Yeah, you, I mean. I, I could see it being even tighter than that when you talk about Seattle having a 100-point season last year and they've been adding. Uh, Vegas didn't really change a whole lot, and uh, I, I don't expect Calgary to be the same slouch that they were at times last year, Cam. So, yeah, absolutely, Brian. I think that there's a lot of merit in what you're saying there. What I, what, what I might say is I think either Calgary or Los Angeles – Maybe more so Calgary, in my opinion, if they get the goaltending. They might end up being that uh, in that third spot there in the West. But as far as a fear goes, for my money, it's that there's four quality opponents sitting there chomping at the heels of Edmonton right now. So the room for error, as we saw going down the stretch last year, there's not much. No, there isn't. It's I think it'll be an extremely tight in the Pacific Division, which makes for fun games. But uh, the goaltending for the Kings is a bit of a question mark, let's be honest. Uh, Getting uh, Dubois is going to help, you would think, although they gave up a little bit in that deal too. But I think think Edmonton will finish first, but it's going to be close. Vegas is going to be right in the mix. Calgary, Seattle, L.A., uh, I know Vancouver's got some young players, and and I think they'll have a decent season. But I, they might be a little off the pace of those teams that I've just mentioned. It's going to be. I think it'll be close if everything kind of stays the same. Injury wise, isn't too bad for anyone because those are outliers that you can't really predict. It's. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a fun division. <laughs> it is. And and for everybody that sort of 
you know, poo-pooed it last year and just oh. wrote it off and said there's no... Well, if you were looking at San Jose and Anaheim, then sure, that would be a, a well-formed opinion. Uh-huh. But if you were looking at everything else, then uh, you were overlooking it, I guess you could say. The Patrick division is what Brian was calling that, I think. That... that, that, that tickled a couple people here on the text line. Harry's hanging out on line two. Thanks for calling, Harry. Or maybe he's not. Yeah, no, no, I'm here. Hey, I got you. I'm here. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. I think I have an echo going on, so should I turn off the radio, I guess? You sound crystal clear as long as I'm not talking, so I'll shut up. Taking my call, I wanted to touch on a couple of things. So, uh, you know, when people criticize Darnell Nurse, and I've done that in the past too, I think there was a point brought up after the playoffs that, you know, really how do you fault the guy when he's following the instructions given to him by um, uh, our coaches in charge of defense? So kind of along those lines, I'm going to tell you my big concern is goaltending. And part of my concern with that still comes from the lack of what I think is a credible goaltending coach for the Edmonton Oilers. We don't have somebody who has a real NHL pedigree or who's played an NHL game. And I could pose the question back and say, hey, guys, what would happen in that series if Sean Burke had actually been the goaltending coach in Edmonton? I'm not saying that that's what we need to do. But Sean Burke, by you know admission of some of the players, he was analyzing our goaltenders. He was saying, this is where they're weak. Like, you know that, you guys, I know you'll remember this, that wraparound goal by Mark Stone where he came around Skinner and put it in, I think it was on a power play. Yeah, but Skinner was definitely having here. some problems sealing off the posts toward, and and is that coaching or is that fatigue at that stage of the game? That sort of became the direction of that conversation, I think. Yeah, I agree with you there with that game. I just... I think it's time for us to, you know, with our with our new CEO, if we're going to take an exhaustive look at our organization, I think we just have to say to ourselves, can we proudly sit back and say that goaltending in Edmonton, in spite of who we've had as, as goaltenders, have we always seen an upward trajectory? Have we seen goaltenders progress under the tutelage of our goal coach? I think it would be hard to say yes to that. What about I think Skinner? it's only fair that we, we look at that position and say, could we do better? Mm-hmm. I think what? we could. All right, Harry. I appreciate the call, but yeah, Cam, yeah, what about Stuart, Stuart Skinner? Skinner's been a drafted product and, and was working with Dustin Schultz sure. prior to being a member of the organization. Am I correct? I do believe. But yeah, where he started from the Western League to the ECHL to the American League, having success at the American League level and playoff success at the American League level. And then what he did last year in the NHL, going to the All-Star game in a, a Calder Trophy finalist that seems like an upward projection to me <laughs> but don't you think i, I would i would uh, say I, I would think so i'd yeah. say that's and a classic example right there he jumped out and surprised a lot of people he's a homegrown product and and i know because that uh because you know dustin schwartz has been the guy forever uh, a lot of people are are sitting around thinking well he has to change you know we, we have to grow with the times but this is the fruits of his labor now we're getting to see in 24-year-old Stuart Skinner. Yeah, exactly. I uh, Yeah, I think he's... Stuart's worked very hard uh, with Dustin Schwartz and as a result has you know, developed into... Uh, a quality NHL netminder that we'd love to see how he, get, how he steps into year two. 
Brian on line three. Had a couple of Brian's. Here's the second one. How's it going today? Hello. Hey, we got you, Brian. How are you? I think we're doing all right. We're doing all right. We're hanging in there in the uh, final half hour. What's on your mind? Yeah. Um, I think I think everything has to be taken uh, in, into account with teams finishing wherever they wherever Oilers are projected. Um, everything has to be taken into account that there's no no key injuries to key players. Fair. Um, so I'd, I'd like I'd like to make that point. The other the other thing is I kind of agree with uh, I, I think it was the last caller about goaltending being an issue. Um, what would you think of uh, now? And, and I hope both of them have a better year than last year. And, and, and there's no reason why they shouldn't, especially Campbell having a bounce back season. Uh, but if one of them is struggling, let's say mightily, what what uh, what do you guys think of the chances of them bringing in somebody of a star caliber goaltender that's never won a Stanley Cup before in, in uh, Hellebuck? I think, uh, and I appreciate the call, Brian, because of the price tag that Connor Hellebuck is going to garner on his upcoming deal. He's, he's $6 million and change right now. But that deal expires after this season or next, and then you're looking at a guy who's going to command probably $9, 10000000 million per year on his next contract, and he's earned that. The problem is that's a luxury that Edmonton, as we know, can't afford, and they're getting both of their goaltenders right now for less than that. They're getting seven, seven and a half million dollars, yeah. somewhere in there. It's uh, But it's under eight for both Campbell and Skinner, and you're getting a full 82 games out of those guys plus playoffs, whereas you're paying a lot more per per game, for example, or, or, or on the cap for Connor Hellebuck moving forward. Great value right now. Couldn't agree more, but that's not going to remain the case. No, you'd be in a situation where, say, you're halfway through the season or, or close to the trade deadline, where it's not as big of hit, but it would still affect. You would have to make other moves to make that move possible. So it's, I think that's a bit of a long ask. And yeah, he's up after this year for mm, Hellebuck at uh, six point one six six. And then uh, UFA at uh, at the end of this year. Yeah, I think if you want stronger odds for where he's going to end up, New Jersey makes some sense. They've got uh, more even distribution of dollars along their cap, and I think that they could use a star caliber goaltender to put them over the top. Uh, but you, you're in the midst of developing a homegrown talent that's on the cheap and finished in the Calder Trophy rankings. So I wouldn't be too quick to throw that baby out with the bathwater. You finally developed something here at long last. You may as well ride it out and make sure that uh, that he's yours, essentially. And that's where I see it with the goaltending front. We're just we're generally speaking about fears, but fair enough. This is a prominent one at 780-496-0063. Dan has called us on line five. Dan, you're on the air. Hey, guys. I'll uh, can you get your radio it. down there in the background? Sorry, guys. I'll try and be quick. Uh, you know, everyone's saying goaltending, goaltending, but you look at the last, I don't know, 10, 12 years, and the only real top-caliber goalie that's won a Stanley Cup, I would say, would be Vasilevsky. You look, Corey Crawford's got two. Uh, Brayton Holby won one. Matt Murray won two. I mean, Aiden Hill just won a Stanley Cup, you guys. 
you know, can we win a Stanley Cup with what we have in net? I think absolutely. I think the difference is all those teams had guys like Duncan Keith or Chris Letang in their prime or mm-hmm. you look at Nick Lidstrom when he was winning Cups and Drew Doughty and Petrangelo twice. I mean, Bennington is, again, a goalie who won a Stanley Cup. You know, let, let's add to the defense, not worry about the goaltending. I think we could win a cup with Mike Smith in our net if we had uh, Victor Hedman in our back end. You know what I mean? Those are good uh, points, uh, Dan. Absolutely, Dan. That's, and yep. I, I've thought this for, for quite some time. You know, it's it's almost like you need the Norris-caliber defenseman more than you need the Vesna-caliber goaltender when it comes to advancing in the playoffs. There is absolutely a line to be drawn with each of those teams, like you're saying there. And unfortunately, this is the part of the conversation where all the nurse haters start weighing in and saying he's paid like he's supposed to be impacting the game like that. Why isn't why isn't he well if he's slotted into the right role here and there's reason for me to believe that this season they should prioritize that so they can get the best out of him and Evan Bouchard if that's who he ends up playing with just as an example but we've seen how impactful the right D partner can be in enabling things and Matthias Ekholm puts out a lot of fires but holy cow the growth of Evan Bouchard in that time so I'm looking at Darnell Nurse and I'm saying can you be can you be our Matthias Ekholm again can you be some iteration of that because maybe the two of those guys together that's enough to in a sense combine for that type of defensive play to get to a Stanley Cup Maybe, maybe you don't need the guy who's going to win the Norris. But when you look, again, Petrangelo won the Stanley Cup last year. Who did Chicago have? They had Seabrook. They had had Keith. Um, Tampa has no shortage. Second overall pick, Victor Hedman. Right? They all can be tied to an absolute stalwart on the point. Yeah, and having that right mix. Yeah. And Matthias Ekholm has really helped the Oilers mix mm-hmm. in making other players better. Do you want to know what my biggest fear is for this team? My biggest fear heading into this season is that they don't have the kind of depth that is going to be required to endure the lulls. They're going to have all the highs in the world, but at the end of the day, if you beat a team by six goals, it's still only one win. This team traditionally has had low spells in November and December, and there's different theories as to why that might be the case. But, uh, you know, you're going to need these... these, I don't know. You, you just you need to contribute. I've kind of lost my train of thought, but my biggest fear, I guess, <laughs> yeah. is that you're not going to have the depth to endure when the when the, when the injuries happen. Because it's not if, it's when. And last year they were tested in an extreme way because of how long they lost Evander Kane for. Um, they've been very fortunate. I, the, the way Connor McDavid trains, as I said yesterday, this guy's not a liability by by any means. I don't look at Leon Dreisaitl and his stature and think that either one of these guys is going to be prone to injury. But things happen. Things happen. Certainly. Um, My biggest fear is that they don't have the types of pieces if Broberg doesn't take off on the back end to keep things afloat until Broberg does take off or until Broberg as an asset is turned into something else closer to playoff time. That could be a factor too. I'm worried about depth more than I'm worried about goaltending. Yeah, and I think that's a fair point. Uh, Dan made it. That was a great point about the goaltenders that have won Stanley Cups in the most recent history. 
Uh, the fact is, you got to be a really solid team defensively, and and a team that has the puck a lot more than the opposition does, and that's an incredible way to defend. Is just have the puck. So, yeah, I think those are all factors. Hacksaw says, Hacksaw. "Do you think that Nurse feels that because of his contract hit, he needs to put points up to justify it?" I'm not inside his head, but what I would say is if I was coaching him, I don't care if you score three points all season long. If you are the hardest player in the league to play against in your own end and you're not turning the puck over, you don't need Darnell Nurse to score points. You don't. And that was maybe more of his game as a junior hockey player. But with the mix, the way that it is right now, Evan Bouchard is your star offensive defenseman. And you don't need to have Darnell Nurse whipping up and down the ice and and trying to overexert himself. He can settle into a role here where I think we could see more of the muck and the grind. And and if he if he wanted to with that frame and his skating ability, to me, if he devoted himself to being the best defensive defenseman in the game, he he could be that. Yeah, I I do appreciate the fact that if you want a different look on the power play. With a left shot on the point, Darnell can step into that situation and has had success doing that. So if you want to give it a different look or or if the power play gets into a bit of a lull themselves and need that that mix or that change, then that's something you can do. But yeah, the, the defensive side of the game inc- incredibly important. Mm-hmm. Randy says that Bouchard can get lots of points, but he's a below-average defender. And to that I say... I don't care. I'm going to live with that, provided he's got the right partner playing beside yep. him, right? It's it's not that you let him go out there and run whimsically around, but you're kidding yourself if you think that other players in this league that produce from the point, gaudy offensive numbers, they're liabilities at times too. Eric Carlson has carried that around his entire career. He's not a Norris Trophy defenseman because he doesn't defend. So that's not a new narrative. Yeah. What is the right way to approach that is making sure that he is supplemented by playing with the player who elevates his game the most. And last year we saw that that was Matthias Ekholm, but there's a, a good chance that Ekholm's going to try that same thing with Broberg out yeah. of the gate. So that might leave Nurse and Bouchard together. It's all about finding that right mix. And, and Hopefully they find it sooner than later. But yeah, they, it, who compliments you the best? Who makes you better? And if the Oilers have players like that, and especially on the back end, that is going to pay huge benefits uh, over the course of the season. But that mm-hmm. remains to be seen. Uh, I know that nothing compliments watching the Oilers play like a slice of royal pizza. Pizza mm-hmm. passed us so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years now. You shouldn't be struggling to find them. 15 locations around our area. Four more in Calgary. One in Red Deer. You can check it all out online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the app store brendan and cam i guess it's our swan song when we come back on oilers now this is oilers now with bob stoffer on oilers radio 630 chad 
Single game tickets now on sale. You missed out on the power pack, so you just wanted to cherry pick a couple of games, then you can certainly do so. Just get on that internet machine of yours and uh, head over to edmontonoilers.com. They've got uh, different theme nights you can look at, or you can figure out if you're a Habs fan. Not sure why you'd be listening to us right now, but if you are, I mean, they've got tickets to that game too, or at least they did at 11 o'clock this morning. <laughs> Frankly, for those games, they might not have any left, even though we're just creeping up on uh, 2 o'clock here. Um, man, this has been a lot of fun over the last couple of weeks. We're not really going anywhere other than no. we're, we're uh, turning things back over to Bob tomorrow, but uh, yeah, Cam will still have the play-by-play -play call of games here on 6.30. Chad, I'll be roaming around the rink trying to snag guys uh, uh, doing the walk-off interviews and that sort of thing, and man, maybe this is the year. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We won't know it until late May, early June, whether this is, in fact, the year. But it's cool to be talking about it. The guys coming into town in the next week to get some... Uh, I think they're getting on the ice. I don't know if they're allowed to. Probably shouldn't be saying that. But. But, no, I, I think they're... Well, I think they can on their own sort of thing. I mean, listen, if I was a pro hockey player and there was ice available and, you know, I made yeah. millions of dollars, I'd probably rent out a building and go get a skate in. So, sure. Um, allegedly, that's going to happen. I'm not going to tell you where. <laughs> but, uh, oh, I guess we should tell you about this day in Oilers oh, history, yes. too. We, we played the clip. I mean, the uh, the the clip of, of Wayne... The Edmonton operation. The Edmonton yes. But uh, we'll tell you again that this day in Oilers history for our friends at New West Travel happens each day, and you can join the four night Nashville road trip, fly nonstop with Flair Airlines, and watch the Oilers play the Predators this October. Call New West Travel, visit newwesttravel.com. 1990. Free agent forward Ken the Rat Linsman signs with the Oilers after six seasons with Boston and a cup of coffee with Philly. Finishes with 36 points in 56 games in his penultimate NHL season. We all know how awesome that nickname is. Did he earn it? Oh, yeah, I, I would say so. <laughs> I, and he, of course, he had won the Stanley Cup with the Oilers in 84. Uh, prior to that, was in Philadelphia and was a real pain in the side of anybody that played against him, for <laughs> sure. But the, I know the Oilers saw it uh, when they faced Philly when, in the 1980 playoffs. Uh, Linsman was annoying. As an opposition player. Uh, he, he, he was paid to be. Yes. Uh, so, tomorrow, again, Bob comes back, and you will hear from two of the newest additions to the Oilers now stable of weekly guests. Ron McLean will check in. He is brought to you now by Century Casino Group and Mac T Mondays, starting up in a couple weeks. We have the holiday Monday out of the gate, but Mac T Mondays coming, and we will chat with Craig McTavish tomorrow. This has been a lot of fun. Been fun. It's been real fun. It's been a little exhausting, but <laughs> only because of the football stuff. Right. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Thank you so much to everybody who uh, chatted with us today on the calls and the text line as well. We will be back tomorrow at noon tonight on Inside Sports with Reed from 6 to 8. You'll get an hour with Jed Roberts, double E alumni. Up next, it's a global news update with Kevin Robertson, Rob Breckenridge 2 to 3, and then the drive with Ted Henley. Brendan Escott here. I'm on the other side of the glass tomorrow. Big shout out to Derek Scott, who's been spinning the tracks. Aiden Ganim, too. He's been helping out every now and again. Cam Moon, 
You're a great co-partner. Hey, thanks Thank for having me. Thank you so me. much. No problem. So long, everybody, from the 630 Chat Studios.